Welcome to Don't Eat Your Young, a podcast where we will hear stories from nurses just like you that will validate, educate, and inspire you. I'm your host, Beth Quas. Today we have Deanna Tikhanoff, who is a women's health nurse practitioner. We will hear about her journey of being an RN on a med surge floor to her decision to become a women's health NP and the steps she took to get there. Once she was out practicing as an NP, she found that the limited time that she spent with her patients and the popular conventional pharmacological and surgical ways to treat women's health issues did not resonate with her. She knew that there were many women that would benefit from a healthy lifestyle change. She started an education platform called The Ladies' Guide, found on Instagram and YouTube, where women can learn to care for themselves and prevent many of the physical problems just by making small changes to their lifestyle. Please welcome Deanna Tikhanoff. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So tell me about yourself. Tell me about your nursing and how you got started. And Yeah. So I started um, when I was in high school. I didn't know like what I wanted to, to major in. Um, I had always had in my head, like as a child, like, oh, I want to be a nurse. I, I always like was the, took the caretaker role, but just kind of like playing around. And my mom was kind of like, I think you should go for nursing. So uh, I figured, you know what? Let me do it. And see, you know, if I enjoy the classes that I'm taking, maybe I'll, I'll continue. And as each class went on, I was like, oh, I'm really liking this. And, and the girls I was meeting and the program, it just all like flowed together. So um, I, it was when I was in nursing school that um, a lot of my professors were nurse practitioners and or my um, instructors in clinical and NPs. And I started thinking like, oh, like I had never heard of what that was prior to that point, maybe like second or third year of nursing school. And I just so admired their lifestyle, just hearing about what a nurse practitioner could do and just kind of taking it to another level of being able to prescribe, diagnose and manage patients just really intrigued me because I did really want to continue learning more. But I always knew like surgery was not the route I wanted to take. You know, I feel like a lot of people in nursing probably get the question of like, oh, why don't you want to be a doctor? Or, oh, but you can go to med school, right? Like, you know, just that whole conversation. It's like trying to explain like, no, I actually don't want to do that. I, I'm really happy with, with where I'm in. It's, it's just a different path. Um, so then I decided to work. I really went back and forth of like, do I want to go straight into grad school? Do I I want to work. I got a lot of different opinions, you know, um, some saying just go for it. Some saying, no, no, you need like this amount of years before you should even consider going back. And that kind of was overwhelming to hear that of like, well, what's the right answer? So and everybody has an opinion. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it, it just became too much. Like I wanted the advice, but then it was like, all right, I got to like step back and like, just think what makes sense for me, you know? And isn't it funny how in nursing, um, people outside of nursing anyway, they think it's a hierarchy where there's nurses, you know, here. And then why, when you, they ask you the question, why don't you go back to be a physician? Well, they, they're really parallel paths. They're not one is above the other. The way I see it, I, we do practice healthcare differently between nurses and doctors. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's like complimentary, but it's not at all a hierarchy. And 
oh, I used to get really triggered. Now I'm just like, oh, it's all good. But like, especially the, even when I became an, a nurse practitioner, it was like, oh, so like, what do you need to go to like doctors, like the next step? And it's like, no, I don't, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, and doctors are great. They have their place. And it's Absolutely. just like, I just, I just knew it wasn't for me. It just, it had no desire. You know, I look at the work-life balance and it depends on your personality and where you are in your life. I think of just being honest about that. I get a lot of questions um, from um, women, um, mainly women. Yeah. I would say that have reached out to me. Maybe they're in college, not really sure what to major in, or they're like, they're in nursing and they're, they're thinking of going to med school and just asking me like, what do you think? And I just, I really think it's about like, you got to be honest with yourself. And I know it's probably hard when you're that young to think of, you know, if you want a family, if you, if the idea of being on call and right. waking up in the middle of the night and all of those factors that you have to really think about, I think it's hard at that time to really like be real with it. And you might be kind of seeing what's on TV and what other people kind of say like, oh, well, this is a good job. And, you know, you have to be real with yourself. Absolutely. That's a great point. So what did you do right after graduation as an RN? Yeah, so I went, um, I was a nursing assistant actually when I was in nursing school in the ICU um, at a really good hospital. It was far, it was a ways, but it was a great experience. And I just got lucky at that time. I got to say, when I graduated nursing, it wasn't the greatest time um, for hiring. This was in 2011. I'm not sure in New Jersey, it just wasn't um, very good. So I, I swear to you, I applied to like 30 jobs all over. And wow. none of them called me back. And the only one I got a call back for was the hospital I already worked at. The manager was friends with the med surge manager and just connected me. I went in for an interview. It wasn't even like an interview. It was like the most casual conversation. She was a sweetheart. And I just thought like, oh, I don't know. Like, did I get it? She was kind of talking to me like as if like <laughs> I'm, I have the job. And so I started in med surge, which is pretty funny because when I did the clinicals, I hated it. I would cry going to clinical, <laughs> like labor and delivery, absolutely loved it get me up at five in the morning, like no problem. I would, I just, I thrived. Like seeing women give birth, like brought me to tears and I didn't even know them. But med surge was like never where I saw myself working in, you know, but at that point that was the only job that had called me back. So I was like, okay, I got to get in and start. How did you get through that? Um, you know, applying at so many places and not getting calls back and how long did that take? It was a long time. It was rough at that time. So, you know, I graduated in May. There was a handful of girls that had already jobs before they graduated. So, you know, of course, that was in my head of like, oh my God, I don't have a job. And, you know, I always tell students, it's like, you have the rest of your life to work. Don't even worry. Don't worry. There's going to be people. I know it seems like the most important thing. And that moment of like, I'm the only one without a job or it feels like that. But now looking back, it's like, it's all good. So I think from May, I didn't get the call till September. So that felt like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great so, advice. It'll happen. It'll yeah. get a job. Yeah. And especially in nursing, like you will get a job. It's just taking that patience. And yeah, I mean, I, I had moved back home and I was just kind of, I was still working as a nursing assistant. So I just kind of figured I'll do that until I get in um, at an RN job. Um, but yeah, it's just definitely looking back, like it's all good. I know that time felt forever, but like, it's only a few months. 
That is perfect <laughs> that you say that because I know a lot of people that can't find jobs just feel they do. They panic. Yeah. It may becomes, not be your dream job right away, right? Right. But right. get in and start getting experience and, and exactly you can, you can transfer. Yeah. And then so I ended up actually really liking the unit I was on. Um, the staff, the RNs were just really great and supportive, like so supportive. I think part of why I hated men's surge was because unfortunately in my clinicals, the hospital we were at, the nurses were not kind to the students. Like on, Hence on this podcast, yes, don't exactly. <laughs> like when I think of that experience, it they that's what they did. It was they just unfortunately were, I think, very um, burnt out and mm-hmm. overworked, and it just translated into how they kind of interacted with us and just feeling really scared of how do I go about like trying to get in with the nurse so that I can get that experience with the patient, but not feeling like I'm bothering them because that's kind of how it felt at that time. So that's kind of what I equated med surge, I I think. So when I started and I had just this amazing team and there was two other nurses that were hired with me. So we were all around the same age. So that also helped having that group. I had an amazing preceptor with me. Um, They had a pretty extensive, it was like, I think it was like eight month internship with her and that she was just awesome. Like I, I would love to know where she is right now because she really helped me um, get through that that time of, and just how my attitude was. I tried to stay really open and not kind of focus on what I didn't like about med surge and just make the best of it. And I really feel that helped make a difference in my experience. So I did that for about two years. Um, I got very lucky that I got a day position because it just so happened to open up. I was originally hired to do nights as most new grads are. um, But Mm -hmm. I got lucky. And because of that, it was partially of why I ended up staying. And I didn't, you know, really think of my dream was to be on labor and delivery. I kind of always thought that like, that was the only way I was even going to get in to a woman's health NP program that I I had in my mind, like I kind of made this up. It's it's not true (laughs) for anyone out there. It's not true. But that's kind of what I felt. So that made me a little nervous just saying in med surge, but nurses in labor and delivery don't really tend to leave their jobs. Under, I know right. why. So I just figured, you know what, I'll, I'll stay in, uh, you know, med surge. I applied for the, the program um, at UPenn and that was the only school I applied to. I just, I kind of had it dead set that that's where I wanted to go. That's where my professors had gone. It wasn't so far away. And I just figured like, well, if I don't get it, then I'll just keep working. Like, it's all good. Like, I I didn't have this. I look back. I don't know why I was so calm. I just thought like, we'll just see where this goes. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work right now. And it's all good. We always end up where we're supposed to be or where we want to be. And if it weren't for that preceptor, you know, that's the amazing impact that we can make. Yeah, totally. Like she and I and I've heard of like other colleagues of mine or students who like have not had a great experience with their preceptor and it does kind of make or break that experience. So it's just so important to just kind of remember what it was like, of course, to be new. Of course, not everyone is a teacher um, meant to be. So just being honest with that. And, you know, I don't know how it works at all hospitals. I know sometimes it's more of like you volunteer if you want to do it, maybe you're assigned Mm -hmm. and maybe it's, it's not right for everybody. You know, you got to be honest about that because it's just, it's, that doesn't make sense to 
if you're not willing or really eager to teach and then you're forced in that, it just makes the student have not a great experience. And yeah, I'm very lucky for her because she really helped that process, you know, go well. And I learned so much. Like I think med surge is really a great place to start. If you have a supportive environment, really any unit is good. If you have a supportive environment. Yeah. I think starting in med surge is good depending on where you want to go after that. It seems like a good stepping stone. Like you said, if you have a good place, you're going to learn good nursing care no matter what. Yeah. So what made you decide to keep going on and get your advanced degree? I didn't. So back to that question of like, was I going to go into grad school immediately or not? I just kind of felt like, you know what, for me, I think I need a few years to get my feet wet and build that confidence, which that's what I think is important. And that's kind of what I've come up with the conclusion of from my, from my experience. I think it is very helpful to work at least a year or two to gain that experience with your patients, with the family, how to communicate with other providers and working with people. That's huge. And it could be, I remember how it felt when I walked into a patient's room the first time in clinical, I was petrified. And, and then again, when you're an RN having that new responsibility, it is kind of it's scary. It seems silly, but it, it could be like a lot to make that call to the doctor and ask for the order, or explain a, you know, a critical lab result, like all of that is a lot. And so I think for those reasons, I'm really glad that I got that experience. I'm not quite sure why, what made me, I just felt like a year or two in, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to apply. It was just like the new round of um, applications going out. And I, my heart was always in women's health. So, and I, I actually, I think I did go to an open house at UPenn when I was graduating undergrad, just to kind of see what the program was. And I loved it, loved it so much. So that also kind of just like stuck in my head of like, okay, when the time is right, like I'm going to apply. I just really wanted to gain more autonomy. Um, I used to get frustrated of being in the hospital and knowing what a patient needed, but knowing like, I can't do that because I have to call the doctor and get the order and just kind of like having that knowledge there or the frustration, which this unfortunately can still happen regardless, but, you know, having uh, a patient or family member, you can say the same thing that the doctor says five minutes later, but they don't believe it from the nurse. They believe it from the doctor. So just those kinds of like little frustrations that were happening of like, I know I can, I can do more. I want to take it to the next level. And this is not to say like being an RN is amazing. There's so much responsibility and just the impact that you make on, on patients and their families. And I, I'm so happy. I'm proud that I did that. Like I never want to forget that I was an RN. And I always think of that when I'm working with RNs as an NP, like I don't look at it as a hierarchy at all. It's like, we are all a team here and you know, no one is above each other in this. But um, for me, it was just like a personal thing of like, I know I wanted to do more. So yeah, I, I applied for the women's health specifically, because I was pretty dead set on like, I don't want to do, I wasn't interested in anything else. I just figured like, let me just go for it. And um, absolutely love the program. So that just solidified everything of like, this is, this is great. They also, um, I didn't know this until I was in the program that a lot of schools don't actually provide clinical preceptors when you're in grad school. 
versus undergrad, but we were assigned specific clinical preceptors for the entire program. So that was very nice to have that matchup that I didn't have to worry about seeking out. That's one thing I always caution. Um, I used to work, I used to teach in a uh, master's and doctorate program for nurse practitioners and very, very hard finding clinical sites and preceptors. And when I hear people say, well, I'm going to go to an online school, my caution is always make sure they're going to be able to find you a preceptor in a clinical site, because if you don't have that, you can't graduate. So it's a big deal if you can go to a school that can guarantee you a preceptor in a clinical site. Absolutely. I know I say the same thing. And, and I just didn't know it at the time that that wasn't like the necessarily the norm across the board. Um, and I, I feel for students right now, like I've had a bunch of requests and with my schedule now and COVID, I just, I can't, I don't want to guarantee that I can give the hours that they need, but I really feel for them. And I think that's definitely very important to caution before you get yourself into something because that is, it could be challenging. Right. there, You may end up traveling a lot to get your yeah. clinical hours in. So that's advice for anybody thinking about going back. Just make sure whatever school you're going to is, it can guarantee you time. So was your advanced degree specifically women's health? So an yeah. adult nurse practitioner with an emphasis in women's health? No. So actually it's a separate program. So, um, at UPenn, they have adult NP and acute and chronic. They have family, they have women's health, they have pediatrics, they have psych, they have nurse anesthetists. So adult would be, yeah, it's separate. Adult, I think too, um, in, in at least that program is more catered to the um, possibility of working in the hospital versus um, women's health is strictly OBGYN related. It actually used to be called the OB, like a GYN or OBGYN program years and years ago until they realized that doesn't really make sense because it's obstetrics and gynecology, kind of implying a gynecologist. So they changed it to women's health. How does that differ from a nurse midwife then? Because they're both advanced nursing degrees. Yes, good question. So actually, my program was actually women's health slash midwifery. That was the, the program. So I think it was a little over 20 of us. And pretty much half was for the women's health NP route and half was midwifery. And so we did most of the program together until the end. So my program was about, I think, 14 or 15 months full time. And then um, midwifery had an additional six months to do strictly deliveries. And oh, so, yeah. So really the, the main difference is at least in that program, the midwife students, the midwifery students have a dual degree as a women's health NP and a midwife. They can deliver babies. I was not trained to deliver babies. Um, I actually was very close to transferring. When I was in the program, I, like I mentioned before, I kind of had this idea that if I didn't have any labor and delivery experience, that I, I might not even get into the program. And so then when I got in, I met quite a few students who had no labor and delivery experience who were in the midwifery program. And I had thought, oh my gosh, like that's actually what I really wanted to do, but I didn't think I could. I kind of created that limitation on myself. So definitely anyone out there, don't do that. Like, you don't know until you try. If that's what you want, right. just try it. But um, so I went to my advisor. She was awesome. She was a midwife. And she said, why don't I put you with a midwife for your next clinical? 
And I think it was for our well woman clinical. So it was a GYN rotation, but she was a midwife. And let me know by the end what you think. If you want to switch, then we'll switch you. And so when I was with her, I had a great experience, but I started to see the lifestyle that she had, you know, being on call, the weekends, the holidays, waking up in the middle of the night, like she has to be there. Obviously, you can't plan when the baby's going to come. And another reason I would say too, of why I wanted to go and get my advanced degree was because I did kind of crave like, I I knew I didn't want to work 12 hour shifts holidays and weekends for the rest of my life. I kind of saw that early on of like missing out on holidays. And I know it was for a short time, but it was kind of like, oh, I don't really want this. I want more of like office hours so that I can have that time. That was definitely a pull too of when I was considering all factors. So when I was thinking of doing midwifery, it was like, okay, I'm going to kind of go back and be, you know, back to the on-call thing. And I'm too type A of a personality of like, I want to know when I'm working and when I'm off. I don't want this in between of like waking up in the middle of the night. I need my sleep. I don't function well that way. So I just, I was honest with myself by the end. I was like, it's awesome. I wish so badly I had that in me. I'm obsessed with everything that they do. And most of my friends actually were in the program. Like it takes a certain personality and I really enjoyed like, they're so like go with the flow type of people. It was awesome. So, uh, but it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. So I was like, okay, you know what? I feel like I still get the best of both worlds because I can still, as a woman's health NP, see women throughout their pregnancy. I'm just not physically there when they deliver. And then I can see them still after for their postpartum visit. So it doesn't, it, it still feels like I'm a part of that. That's amazing. And until this day, I didn't even know that there were specifically women's health NPs. So I learned something. That's amazing. <laughs> so tell us what you're doing now. Yeah. So now, um, which what's amazing about being in nursing, there's a lot of different avenues, I think. Um, and one of the things that I think has it's not always talked about. I see it a little bit more on social media is, you know, getting more into how you can use your knowledge to create your own business of doing something with education. So for me, I have created the Ladies Guide, which I have a YouTube channel. I also have my Instagram account. And I am using that as a way to connect with women, educate women, how to learn how to balance their hormones and cure themselves of a lot of the period problems that they might think that they just, there's nothing they can do about it, or that they have to rely only on birth control or over-the-counter pain medication if they have painful periods. It's just really educating women on that connection between the mind, body, soul, what they're eating, and how they're just caring for their bodies every day. I'm so obsessed with like self-care and more holistic well-being is just really close to my heart. And so um, in addition, to my accounts online, I also now have created a workshop to any woman that is just like, I am fed up with being told that birth control is my only option or being told that all my labs are normal, but I don't feel normal and want to learn more about how their hormones can be impacting what they're feeling and what they can do about it. I have a workshop that's an hour workshop where we dive into all things hormonal health. Um, in addition to that, they'll get a 30 minute free call with me just kind of if they if, if women have more specific questions about what's going on with them. Also, I have a 12 week program if you really want to like intensify 
how to resolve a lot of the concerns you might be going through, women with PCOS, women who suffer with endometriosis and chronic pain. And they, you know, I, I find the challenge is a lot of times they, they're open to the education. They want to learn what they can do. But then it's like, okay, now we have to execute that. And how can we implement those healthy habits and changes into your life and really make that happen for you? And I, I see it in the traditional office setting when I was seeing this huge gap is like, I'm sitting there with them. I'm talking to them about all the things that they can do. And they're like, yes, yes, great. And then I don't see them again because insurance issues and, you know, the timing, it's only 15 minutes of a visit. It's just not really set up in a way, unfortunately, our healthcare system is not set up for promoting wellness. No, it's and, not. Right? It's so frustrating. <laughs> 15, yeah. It's hard to accomplish anything in a 15-minute visit. And I know patients feel like they're being rushed through and we don't like that, but we don't like that in healthcare to push people through. But that's the reality of what we do when we work in those places. So who will be your audience? Women as young as I would say 17, 18 years old, up until 40, uh, mid 40s, you know, while women going through perimenopausal changes as well, definitely could benefit. But any woman who desires to learn more about how their body, their menstrual cycle, their hormones work, and they're frustrated with not really getting clear answers of their concerns. Uh, I just, I can't even tell you how many women just aren't aware. They're just not aware. They're not taught or they come to me and they say, oh my gosh, I had a really bad experience. My last doctor just told me that I need to use an IUD and I don't want an IUD, but they just said that that's my only option. And, you know, like, no, we need to give back the power to women to be able to decide for themselves. I am a huge believer that we are all our best experts for ourselves. And I just want to simply be able to guide and educate that information so that and set you up for success that these aren't just like, oh, here you go. Here's the facts. That's it. Like, let's try. Let's actually make this a lifestyle change that you can feel better and not have to be on medications that might make, make you be feeling worse. Um, how can people find you? Yeah, so they can find me. I'm on Instagram. I'm pretty active over there. It's at underscore the ladies guide. And I'm also on YouTube. The ladies guide is my channel. And I try, you know, to always be reaching out and finding out from you. What is it that you want to hear more about? You know, I've been getting a lot of things just related to food choices lately and how that heals the hormones. So I've been talking about that. But I just love hearing from all of you guys. And it just, it's really exciting. I know I feel like where things are going, especially with COVID, everything is becoming more and more online based. So, and, and it's just more people you can reach that way and spread it. And and just giving the power back to women is my goal. I love it. And I think you have a bright future moving towards this. I think women do really need choices and it's not always Um, medical or surgical it can be something we can do at home with some education so yeah that's perfect well I am so happy that you are here today to talk to us and I hope people get more excited too about what you're doing and know that it's I love that you said you can go on and you don't have to think that you had to be here or there to keep going on so check into what you want to do before you make decisions and 
um, good luck to you in your in your business. I hope it grows like crazy. Ah, uh, thank you so much, Beth. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Deanna for being here today. A couple of her take-home messages were to not get frustrated as a new grad looking for your first job. Keep applying and something will open up. Deanna talked about the benefit of getting some nursing experience in patient care and communication before deciding to move on to another role. Also, healthcare is about each of us bringing our unique talent and skills to the team, not about hierarchy. Check her out on Instagram and YouTube. The links will be in the show notes. And thank you for listening. I am so grateful you chose to spend your time with us today. If you're interested in becoming a member, you can find out how on DonateYourYoung.com. And if you have a story to share, you can send me a message on my Facebook group, Donate Your Young, or you can find an email on DonateYourYoung.com. Thank you. Have a great day. Now you have made your vows. You might not know how, but you will find the key.